Uh, we are thinking today uh, about, about singing. We're thinking about uh, the, the place that singing has uh, in our community, especially singing together. Um, and really, uh, singing could be summarised as, oh, when we think about singing, there's, there's two big parts that come into singing. The first one is words. And, and we know the power of words, don't we? Uh, you see it even when a little child grows up and, you know, that, those months, usually about three to four months, where they can communicate in their head, but they haven't got the words yet. You know, they're so frustrated and they're trying to get it out and they know what they want to say and they just can't. And they're so satisfied when they can communicate because it brings about that they can tell you what they want and usually, you know, more. Oh, well done. And eventually that word needs a please. You know, but they can communicate. Words are powerful. Or in the Christian context, when we go to share the good news of Jesus, uh, in, a, in another context, another language, uh, what's the first thing you need to do? You need words, you need the language, the lingo. You, you can't communicate the good news of Jesus without the words. And, and once you've got a language, if that language hasn't been tra- uh, written down ever, that's, uh, there's a huge ministry uh, of, of creating written languages for those people groups who don't yet have one so that we can get the word of God, the Bible, into their language so that they can communicate, so they can read, so God can communicate to them uh, through his words. Words are incredibly powerful. Uh, And the other half of music, uh, the other half of singing is, of course, music. I'm going to just tap that. There we are. Now, music, and and music brings emotion. I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, Music brings emotion. Uh, When you think about uh, watching a movie, you kind of know whether the next step's going to be good or bad if you listen carefully to the soundtrack. You know whether you should be feeling scared. Darn it, darn it, darn it. I can't do that one very well. But you know, oh, there's a shark coming. He's going to get eaten. Uh, or you know whether it's going to go well. They're going to, you know, get married and have children and live happily ever after because of the music. You know whether it's peaceful or anxious. Music can carry emotion. And it often does without words, often. Uh, some of the great musical pieces by... Uh, Bach or Beethoven, uh, you, they have emotion and you can, you can sense what's being communicated even though there are no words. So when we put these two together, uh, the, the, the words that communicate and the music that carries this emotion, that's effectively what singing is. Words plus music. And, and that doesn't mean it has to be an instrument. Uh, you've only got to listen to an a cappello group. Uh, and you, or a tune, and you go, yeah, that, that's music. It's, it's words plus music, and that's where we get singing. Now, I wonder how you feel about singing, particularly in the context of church. Uh, as God's people gather together, how do you feel about singing? Uh, perhaps you, you really, really love singing. Perhaps you love singing so much that you might be tempted to say things like, oh, I, I can't worship, or uh, worship doesn't start until until I'm in the singing. Perhaps that, that's how much you enjoy the part of singing, that you think, oh, I, I can't worship unless I've got this particular style of music or singing. Uh, or perhaps you uh, are on the other end of the spectrum and you're actually a little bit suspicious about music because you've felt what it can do and you think, hmm, I wonder if my emotions are being manipulated. I, I don't want to have my emotions twisted by a, a well-played bit of music. And so you, if you're honest, would, would rather there be no music and we just read the words, we learn the stuff and you can let my emotions be, thank you very much. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with those. I don't want them manipulated. And you'd rather, or, or maybe, maybe you're just a bit take it or leave it with music. 
Maybe you're not quite in either camp. Uh, you, you take it or leave it. It's, oh, okay, yeah, music's, music's good sometimes. Sometimes it's not so good. If it wasn't there, it wouldn't be a deal breaker. I don't know where you are this, morning, uh, this afternoon as we're thinking about um, music. But today we're going to be thinking about, well, what, what happens with singing? What, what happens when we sing? What does the Bible say as we, we open up God's Word? What does the Bible say about what happens in us, in this room, in this community as we sing? And as we open the Bible, we're going to see three things about singing together. The first thing we're going to see is that uh, singing together helps us learn. Then we'll see that singing together actually helps us feel. And finally, singing together unites us in worship. And and as usual, we'll finish off by saying, what does that mean uh, for us? Uh, What does that mean for us? And and we will have a question time. So hold hold your questions. You don't have to shout them out in the middle, but there will be an opportunity for question time. You can text them to Rob uh, or just ask them in person during uh, question time. And even if you're online, uh, you can uh, text those questions in. We'd love to have a crack at answering those. Um, so let's, let's pray and then we'll jump into it. <clears throat> Father God, as we open your word now and uh, seek to find what you would have us know and feel about singing, I pray that you would speak to us. Please use me to speak, speak clearly, uh, to speak faithfully and accurately. I pray that we would uh, together discover what it is you would have us as a group uh, know and feel and do about singing in church. And we, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, first of all, uh, singing helps us learn. Uh, Now, that should be pretty obvious. Uh, If you're a preschool teacher, even a parent, uh, how do you teach your children the alphabet? A, B, C, D. You you put a tune to it, don't you? Uh, Singing helps us learn. And that's not just in our culture. That's across every culture. When we want to teach young children things, we put it to tunes. It helps them remember stuff. And it's not, it's not just um, uh, ABCs that you learn. Uh, things get deep into our culture by learning. I like to read uh, novels in some of my spare time when I get it. Uh, and, and sometimes in these sort of fantasy novels, they're trying to track down a legend. And it's a pretty common storyline. If you're trying to track down a legend, you go to the nursery rhymes. Because there's truths embedded in nursery rhymes that have been forgotten by the rest of society. That's a common storyline if you're into fantasy novels. Well, how about this one? Ring a ring a roses. A pocket full of posies, a tissue a tissue, we all fall down. Now, I'm sure a lot of us know where that comes from. It's about the bubonic plague. Ring a ring a roses are the little welts that come up in a little ring. Pocket full of posies, it smells so bad. You, you carry uh, a flowers or, or some potpourri because it's just smelling from the the rot, the rot. Uh, sneezing, affluenza is a symptom of the bubonic plague. And what's next? We all fall down. We all die. Embedded in a, in a children's song, it teaches something. Long after, well, my kids won't be able to tell you the symptoms of bubonic plague, but it's meant to remind you that if you hear of a neighbouring town where they've got rosies and sneezing and there's a smell of death, you get out of there because everyone's going to die. Uh, and and the, the, the tune, the music has embedded that in our culture. And it's not just in culture we see that. Uh, back in Deuteronomy, uh, where God wanted his people to remember something, and he wanted them to remember it so deeply that even after they had forgotten it 
you know, in the front of their brain, that would remember it in their culture. Deuteronomy 31, they're about to go into the promised land, and God says this to Moses. He says, write down this song and teach it to the Israelites and have them sing it so that it may be a witness for me against them. When I've brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, the land I've promised on oath to their ancestors, and when they eat their fill and thrive, they will turn to other gods and worship them, rejecting men, breaking my covenant. And when many disasters and calamities come on them, this song will testify against them because it will not be forgotten by their descendants. I know what they're disposed to do, even before I bring into the land I promised them on oath. So Moses wrote down this song um, that day and taught it to the Israelites. Singing, God's designed singing for us so that we will remember things. That's the way he wanted to embed it in the Israelite community. And if you read that song in the next chapter, uh, it's all testifying to what happens uh, when you, you walk away from God, when you forget him, when you worship other gods. That God brings judgment, he brings that judgment to call his people back to himself. It's a song of uh, warning and judgment and a song of hope. And God wanted that embedded in his people, so he said, turn it into a song and sing it. And that's how you will, uh, that's how you'll remember it. And we know this, don't we? It comes through with uh, memory verses. The, the most success I've had with memory verses when I was young was the Donut King. Uh, now it's Colin Buchanan. Uh, they're, they're the memory verses I remember. Or, or hymns and songs. I grew up singing out of the blue hymnal. Who grew up singing out of the blue hymnal? Uh, yeah, and, and even now, um, I just have to hear the first few notes of almost any of those hymns, and I've got almost all of it. Now, I can't do that with books I read. I can't do that with sermons I've heard. But I can do that with songs. Uh, we see it from time to time in videos of... Uh, Alzheimer's patients who've forgotten maybe even their own family uh, but, uh, but a song from their childhood, often a hymn comes along and they can sing along. Singing helps us learn. Uh, it helps it get deep inside us. God's designed it that way. He tells us in Deuteronomy no wonder it works. So that's what happened. first thing that happens when we sing and I've got to flick over these ones singing helps us learn. But also singing helps us feel. It does more than just help us learn. It actually helps uh, the knowledge uh, connect to an emotion. We've already talked about that with uh, soundtracks and musical pieces. Uh, and we see that uh, in Colossians 3, uh, amongst other places, the Psalms are full of it. You can just see the emotion in the Psalms connected to the songs. But in Colossians 3.16, Paul writes to the church uh, in Colossae, he says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Uh, there's something about a, a dwelling in us richly, a, a, a depth uh, that singing helps this knowledge get down to. It, it, it deeply connects it allows us to both feel the right thing and express those emotions, uh, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. Uh, it, it helps, uh, it, it resonates. And you can feel that when it's done well. You can feel that when it's done well. Uh, for example, the, the, the old hymn, 
Uh, it is well with my soul. Uh, just on their own, just as words, they're, they're good words, but it, it doesn't go as well. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Now, they're good words, aren't they? But when we sing them, well, why don't we do it? Let, let, let's, let's do it. I'll try and hit a note that starts. And you can join in. My sin, know the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. It resonates, doesn't it? You get the pauses in the right places. It helps it connect. It, it lifts you and draws you in and calls you, doesn't it? The music calls you to praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. You're speaking to yourself at that point, to each other. And it's the music connected to those words that helps us feel these great truths. They help us feel the right things about God. Uh, but both those things we can do on our own, can't we? You can sing songs to memorise things. You can sing songs and, and really help it resonate. But there's something about singing together extra that we need, which is it, it, it unites us in worship. Now, we see that in culture as well. I think most of the time nowadays we, we see uh, singing uniting people uh, at, at sporting events. Uh, when you're singing the team song, maybe, uh, or singing the school song back in the school days. And there's the enemy over the other side of the sporting field and you're over this side. And you, you, you almost, it, it unites you, says, it's us. And there's them and this is us and this is our song. You, you get it when national anthems are sung. Uh, again, I think especially at sporting events where you think, no, no, that, that's our team. I belong to that nation. This is us. Uh, I think especially if you're overseas and the, the bulk of the the spectators are other people and you've got your little group of Aussies and you're singing the national anthem. Yeah, this, this is our country. We're young and free. Yeah, not you. And, and our team's going to win. It, it, it unites a group around it. People sing at riots, at protests, because uh, it's uniting. In revolutions, there's songs of the revolutions, aren't there? It unites people and says, yeah, we're in this together. It, it does something it does something one with another. Uh, and we see this again in, in the Bible. In Ephesians, the passage we read earlier, uh, Paul talks to the church in Ephesus and he says, don't get drunk on wine. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, and the word's the same there, don't be filled with wine. Don't have a gut full of wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled to overflowing. Be filled to the point where it just, just comes out because that's what uh, alcohol does. I've, I've noticed in our culture, when do people start singing? Usually when they're a bit drunk and they're usually debauched songs. But singing comes out uh, after they're drunk. And Paul says, no, no, you, you don't need wine to sing. 
Get, get full of the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And when you do, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs for the Lord. Communicate to each other with song. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is something we do together when we've been filled with the Spirit. When we've followed Jesus and trusted him and the Holy Spirit has moved in and makes us in Christ. It makes us one of God's children. It's the Spirit who cries out from within us, Father, Abba, Father. And when you've got the Spirit, when you're dwelling on those truths, when you're trusting Jesus, what do you do then? Speak, communicate to one another. Not to yourself, not to your screen, not with your iPod in the car, to one another. And how do you speak? You speak with song. Because that's what happens when you overflow. That's what happens when you're full of the Holy Spirit. And it, it builds one another up. It's something that we do together. It's something we do in unison. And we see that evidenced in the songs we sing. We're not a very creedal church. We tend not to use prayer books and have responses that we know or read. And singing takes a big role of participation in that. Singing is where we say together in the same metre, the same things because we're feeling the same things. Uh, when someone's up the front praying and we're all joining in, we can be confident. Yeah, we're, we're all praying along with the person up the front. And, and you might hear that with some good old-fashioned, mm, you know, maybe an amen or two, but it's different to saying, singing the same words, the same prayers, the same thanks, proclaiming the same truths. We do it with... Uh, the creed uh, that we sing, uh, this, uh, this we believe, that's the, that's the other name for the creed. Our Father everlasting, the all, um, I can't even remember the phrase there, uh, God Almighty, we, we say it together, we sing it together, we're saying we all believe this, it's not just me, we all believe this, we all follow this God. Uh, like when we pray together when we sing, build your kingdom here. It's a prayer we're saying, we're praying to God together at the same time and saying, all of us in unison, worshipping God and praying, please, we need this. We confess our sins together when we sing, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. A hundred voices at once. Not just me that needs God, that needs forgiveness. All of us, every hour I need you. You're saying it, you're singing it together. And we worship together. We were doing it earlier. Oh, praise the name. Not just my God, but all of our God. That, 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 you, you get that sense and you glance from side to side and we're, we're doing this together. It unites us. It unites us in worship. Now, now I'm not going to be able to cover off everything that the Bible says about singing. Not even close. Uh, but that's what we see, just a few snippets about what singing does in us as we sing together. It, it helps us learn. It helps us feel the right things. It unites us in worship. So what's it, what's it going to look like? What are some things that we can do to put this into practice? Uh, well, the first thing I want to encourage you to do is learn the words. Uh, good gospel Christian singing should be thoroughly words-based. Uh, 
it, it, because it's learning truths. That's one of the functions that it does. Now, I, I think we've, we've probably got a little bit dependent on the screen. Uh, and you, you sort of eyes are glued to the screen as if if the words disappeared, stop singing. Well, we, 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 can, we can sing without the screen. We, we should be able to. Children can sing the alphabet song without it written in front of them. We, we can sing these songs. So I want to encourage you to learn the words. Uh, and listen to them at home. Practice them. Don't have to do your half an hour of song learning in the morning. Uh, but one technique is just as it comes up on the screen, glance across it, start singing, and then glance away. Look at the, look at the musos, the people singing, uh, leading us in song. Uh, look at someone else, glance away, shut your eyes, and, and, and sing and pray, but know these words, concentrate on them, but know them, learn those words. It's good for us, and it means that we don't just get to sing when we've got a PowerPoint, but we can sing those same words again and again throughout the week, whether it's quietly in our hearts or out loud uh, with others. So that's the first thing, learn the words, remember these great songs. I want to encourage us to feel the right things. There is a danger in singing that we might chase the emotion. There is that danger because God has designed us to respond to this. He's built this into us and it's no wonder that we respond like that. Uh, but, but we need to be careful to not chase the emotion, not the feeling, but instead to chase the emotion connected to that glorious thing about God. Not just the feeling of peace, but the peace that comes from our security in Christ because of what he's done, because of our adoption. Uh, so make sure those things are connected. Don't just chase the, the feeling, the experience. It must always be connected with the, the gospel truth that we're singing. Uh, now, uh, Augustine, uh, who we've been reading about in our Everyone a Child Should Know book with the, with the kids, uh, and if you don't know, he was a very naughty boy, but his mum prayed for him his whole life, and when he grew up, he was still a very naughty boy, our little biography book tells us, but he became a Christian and became one of the, the guys that we, <coughs> we turn to for his, his wisdom. And, and he, he writes about singing in his con confessions, and he, he, he writes about the emotion of singing, and he concludes, we should have it. This is good. It's good because it connects our hearts. But he gives this warning. He says, yet, when it happens that I am more moved by the singing than by what is sung, I confess myself to have sinned wickedly. And then I would rather not have heard the singing. I think that is a good statement. A warning. Do not be more moved by the singing than by what is sung. It's connected together, it must be. Otherwise, we might as well be singing, waltzing Matilda at the rugby and going, oh, that was good. We're, we're worshipping God, we're singing great truths, we're taking comfort and proclaiming great truths about God. So, yeah, delight in the singing because of what is being sung. Let the words, that's what Ephesians says, dwell in us richly. Not the tune, the words. The tune sticks them there, but the words are what need to dwell in us richly. So, so feel the right things about God, not just chasing feelings. Uh, so that's, a, that's the second thing we can learn. <clears throat> the third thing is, is this question that comes up that do we need good music or a good voice to have good singing? Uh, now, you know, that's, a, that's a bit funny, especially when 
Uh, I'm often the band here. Uh, so in one sense, you'd say clearly no. Uh, but I do tune my guitar before we, we come to do church, if I'm, if I'm going to be leading. That's why I zipped outside because it fell over and I had to retune it. Because a, a, an off-tune guitar is going to be distracting. It's going to be discordant. It's not going to help us sing well together. And, and a, a, a voice that leads you in the right notes rather than the wrong notes will, will help. But it, it's really important. <clears throat> what we need more than a good voice or good music is a good song. And, and I mean that in its most profound sense, that, that we need to have our identity in Christ to be able to sing these songs. It needs to be, you need to have the right song as the song of the Lamb. Uh, I want to just pull us to... Uh, Revelation 15, 2-4. Uh, and here's, uh, we, we preached Revelation a little while ago. There's some contention on a whole bunch of this stuff. Uh, but, but basically the summary is this is God's people. All of God's people of all time. Uh, the ones who have been redeemed. That's who's doing the singing. Uh, and so John looks and he sees like a sea of glass glowing with fire. And standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and over the number of his name, those who have trusted Jesus and haven't fallen in love with this world and the allures of this world, but have been victorious over that and have trusted Jesus to the end. They held harps given to them by God and they sang the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb. Great and marvellous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you for your righteous acts have been revealed. This is God's people who've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, singing about God's righteous acts. And God's crowning good act is the giving of his son to die, the slain lamb, to die to pay for sins, to redeem for himself a people, a people who will overcome. And that's... That's the song that is only sung and only known by the redeemed people of God. Those who are washed, who are cleansed in the blood of Jesus and have been adopted. So it's far more important that you have the right song, that you are of Christ, that you have been adopted, than whether you've got a great voice, or whether we've got great musicians or average musicians. That's the more important thing. But I also mean get a good song uh, in the very practical senses we, we, want to, we want to choose good songs that help us sing well. Um, this little statement is as uh, uh, Kirst, who leads the music team uh, here at Lake Mac. Uh, she and I were working on, well, what do we want to achieve with music? What, what is it that the music team is trying to do? This is what we've got. To serve our church by facilitating an inviting culture where believers and newcomers can confidently and passionately worship the Lord Jesus and encourage one another by singing a robust, balanced group of songs. So we, we, we don't want to sing songs that are easy to sing, that are we can sing confidently. Usually easy songs are confident uh, because they're simple. But if they're too simple, they're not robust. It's not balanced. But if it's too uh, complicated and theologically rich, it's so complicated and interesting, you can't sing it, you can't remember it. It's not a tune you want to get on board with and you can't confidently participate. So, so we try and sing good songs. 
We try and choose songs that we, our church, can sing that are filled with beautiful truths about God, whose tunes capture you and, and, and connect correctly with the emotions. It's right and good, and, and that's, that's one thing we can do, is to sing good songs. Uh, the, the final thing for us to do, and it seems pretty obvious, but is to sing. Now, you might not have the voice uh, that you would like to have, I'll put it graciously. Uh, maybe you think, and, and if you open your mouth and sound comes out during song singing, you spend the whole time thinking, oh, I'm distracting everybody. Um, now, I, I don't know where you land with that, but we are both invited and commanded to sing God's praises. It's not given as an optional extra. Paul doesn't say, now, you know, church in Ephesus, I want you all to go and audition and if you can cut the mustard, then you can sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. No, all of you sing. It's something we do not only for ourselves, but for each other. It's something we do to lift up one another. And if during the singing, you happen to glance away from the screen because you've remembered the words, and you see the person standing beside you with their mouth shut, arms straight, and they might be praising the Lord in their heart, full blow, but it's not come to their face or out their mouth. That might, that might put a bit of downer on someone else. So, so if you're a bit nervous about how your voice sounds, I want to encourage you to sing, even if it's quietly. Use your face to sing. Use your expressions to sing. Use your voice just a bit. A bit more next week, a bit more the week after. Just, just start and, and sing. Okay, well, now is our time for questions. Uh, and someone, probably Rob's going to run around with a microphone. Uh, so if you've got a question, grab Rob's attention. Woody, in there, like a shot. Thanks, Woody. Uh, you've got, got your mic, Rob. Thanks, oh, <laughs> Rob. Um, in the Ephesians, it says... Um, Communicate with each other through mm. hymns. Yep. Sorry, psalms, hymns, and song. Spiritual songs. Spiritual yep. songs. So we know what the um, psalms are from the Bible. We know what songs are because we can relate to that. But what was a hymn 2,000 years ago? There is reams of material written on that, Woody. The yeah. short answer is we don't we don't know what a spiritual song is. Well, although it, it seems to be a song in the spirit, so it's... Yep as a result of the overflow of the Spirit, so God's people singing by the Holy Spirit. I don't know how that differs to a hymn. Um, there's conjecture. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think one thing we can say that is variety is good. There's, there's three different things. Yeah. Uh, when, when in, in my church of my youth, we had hymns and choruses. And they were... The, the only difference I can tell was that the choruses came a little soft cover and the hymns were in a big fat with a hard cover but I mean they're all songs about Jesus maybe the choruses were a little bit more kid friendly but um, yeah. so, something like that yeah, I, mm. I, yeah. okay uh, any any other questions now the kids are going to come in and find their parents so come on in kids while the question time's wrapping up because we're down to two square meters now and if the kids stay with their parents uh, we're, we're, we're fine for space in this room. How good's that? Because we're going to sing a couple more songs after our last question, if there's going to be any more. I've got one. Whoa, that's really loud. Okay, thanks, I've Rob. got one come through on text. 
Uh, and the question is... There's seats up the front, kids, if you want a seat. Um, trying to make sense. Uh, oh, so it's a question about secular music. Uh, what should we listen to? Like, can we listen to secular music? Where does that fit mm. into the scheme of this stuff? Yeah, okay, so I'm driving to work. Can I only listen to uh, Guthrie's Hymns of Praise or am I allowed to have the radio as well? Um, we've got no prohibition to secular music at all, but I, I actually think this is a helpful thing because uh, singing, like prayer, is both an in input and an outcome. It's both a symptom of what's in your heart, what's overflowing out of you, and it's something you can do to shape your heart. Uh, so I, I think we want to be careful about what's going in. Um, so ungodly secular music, I'd say steer away from. That's, that's not going to be helpful. What's the content? And you might not have even thought about the content, but it gets in. It gets in. Uh, but there's plenty of secular music that's not particularly ungodly. Uh, but especially as an overflow, when you find yourself humming, when you see a sunset, when you talk to someone, when you're on your own, what overflows where, as you're filled with what comes out? And I hope it's spiritual songs and hymns and, you know, what's the other one there? Um, Psalms. I hope that's what comes out. And that's only going to come out if that's what we've filled ourselves with. So I'd encourage you, if secular music's not wrong to listen to, you probably probably listen to it more than you should, maybe. You probably think you can handle worse content-wise than you can. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage you to err, err on the side of caution. But we might leave it there because the kids are with us and we're going to sing a couple more songs and I want you kids to sing up really loud too.